Hey, welcome to episode 77 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Stephen Stiles. Hard to believe we're already back again. It just seems like I did episode 76 with everybody. So, the Canadians apparently are going to continue the injury issues. I was hoping I'd have at least a few podcasts that episodes didn't have to center around injuries, but apparently this year it's going to be defensive injuries, as currently. David Savard is out for a couple of months. Arbor Jack guy is out. Jordan Harris has now been determined to be out indefinitely and is on uh, long term. So now the Canadians have called up Gustav Lindstrom, Matthias Nordstrom, Jaden Struble, and Jaden Struble is the one I'm most interested in. He has not only some offensive touch, but plays a very physical game with a very nasty streak and some grit. Demeanor, attitude, style, whatever you want to call it. And that, outside of Arbor Jacki, still remains a missing element of the Montreal roster. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what Jason Struble can do. I'm excited about his call. Doesn't mean I'm not excited about Gustav Lindstrom or Matthias Nordstrom, but I'm definitely more excited about Jaden Struble and to see what he can Because out of the three people that they've called up, he might not be willing to let go of the roster spot once he latches onto it, which will make for some really interesting roster positioning spots and pairings. Well, as the trade rumors will not die down regarding Montreal's situation with three goaltenders being such an issue that has to be addressed, which I'm still kind of like, why is that such an issue? Again, if they had a Martin Brodeur, if they had a Henrik Lundqvist, if they had an established number one goaltender, that this situation was eating into that player's time and screwing them up as far as the amount of games they can work, the fluidity of their game, getting in rhythm, I would be on board with having three goaltenders being a problem. But again, Caden Primo, Sam Maltenbo, Jake Allen, nobody has latched on to the starting job, picked up the ball, if you will, and ran with the opportunity. And that being said, the play of Caden Primo in the game against the Detroit Red Wings, as we've talked about previously, and the Las Vegas Golden Knights has been the most impressive goaltending all year that the Montreal Canadiens have gotten. And also, as I've previously said, Caden Primo has the least amount of wear and tear, the least amount of injuries, the least amount of the effects of the grind, if you will, of the NHL game. Comparatively speaking to Jake Allen, who has the most by far, and Sam Montebeau, who's the runner-up to that. And both Jake Allen and Sam Montebeau have been injured. And I would think Sam Monsonbo would be the greatest interest to Edmonton, just as we've talked previously, because he's right in that same age group as the rest of their players, and he's extremely cheap contract-wise. It wouldn't take Edmonton that much to be able to work his contract into the team payroll. And clearly how badly they need a goaltender because it is just abysmal goaltend in Edmonton right now and has been all season. Montreal can probably cash in because I don't think Edmonton being a Stanley Cup contender wants to roll the dice in obtaining a goaltender with virtually 
very little NHL experience. Where Montreal, of course, is in the rebuilding, remodeling, re-whatever-you-want-to-call-it mode that, you know, some people are like, oh, no, it's this. No, 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 it's that. Whatever it is, they have the time. Caden Primo can fit in very nicely in Montreal, which, strangely, even though he's only played very effectively in the Detroit and Las Vegas game, if you look at the way the entire Montreal roster and its players responded to how Caden Primo played in those two games, they have done that with none of the other goaltenders. They felt clearly more comfortable. Whether it was confidence in the goaltender, whatever it was, Montreal played differently with Primo and net than they have with Montembeau and Allen this season. So that tells me that Primo is the choice for Montreal right now. And I saw an interesting article this week. There's apparently a sudden surprise, if you will, that everybody wanted to critique the Canadians to death during the 2023 NHL draft. Like, my God, how can you take three goaltenders in the same draft? Because they fell into their lap. Undoubtedly, Jacob Fowler, going to Boston College this year, will face the most pressure because he was picked in the third round, 69th overall. So that's considered a high selection. And he's on a very established well-known nationally collegiate program playing for that team. You have Quinn Miller, who's taken over the starting reins for the Quebec Remparts and the QHL this year. I'm least sold on him. He still has to show me something. I know he's got decent numbers. I know he's held the team in games during their own rebuilding year for that club in the juniors, but I need to see a lot more for him before I go, oh my God, he's the next local hero, superstar. Can't wait to see him in a Montreal uniform. I know undoubtedly there's a lot of heritage hope there, and he's local and everything else, and I'm sure he'll be a pointed to or deemed to be the next Patrick Waugh, which is a ridiculous pressure to put on anybody, but it'll probably happen anyways at some point. Then he'll flame out and everybody go, oh my God, he was a total loss of a draft pick. It's like, no, you put unrealistic expectations on him and that was stupid. But the one I'm interested in the most is the Russian goalie prospect, Genny Velikin. Yes, I think Jacob Fowler is going to be a good goaltender. I think there's going to be legit competition. I think he has a solid game that he plays, but of Genny Velikin is the one that intrigues me the most. There's just something very Henrik Lundqvist about him to me. He's a fifth round pick. He was the last of the three goaltenders chosen, so therefore he was chosen in a later round. He has excelled at every level and is lighting it up this year, goaltending specs-wise or statistics-wise, and is having another off-chart year. Now, the risk, of course, is can they get him out of Russia? I don't think that's going to be a problem for Montreal. I think he'll gladly come to Montreal, but I'm really intrigued with him. Here's something I picked up on this week, topic-wise, that I'm just kind of scratching my head. Really? How does that even make sense? And that is, people are like, oh, Sean Farrell's having a great year in the AHL. He's putting together a nice season. He could be a nice trade chip for the Canadians in the near future. And I'm kind of like, why? Does Montreal suddenly have too many top six high-end quality players that they can afford to just go, ah, we don't really need your services. We're going to trade. I'm not seeing that. I'm still seeing a team that is desperate for offensive gifted talent. And does anybody not remember Adam Nichols, director of player development's comments for the Montreal Canadiens regarding Sean Farrell? Not only is he a special player, he has tremendous hockey sense, is a 200-foot player, has a high hockey IQ, great anticipation. He is going to be a very 
special player. Did everybody forget those comments? I wouldn't trade Sean Farrell for anybody in the NHL unless you're offering me Jack Hughes, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. I mean, it better be something spectacular. I think Farrell is going to be a really, really good player for Montreal. And I still am very interested to see him on either Nick Suzuki's line or the second line when it comes back together. And I'm really, really intrigued to see what he can do. Because I don't think the director of player development, Adam Nichols, makes those comments just to make them. And he's been around and he's seen an awful lot of talent and a lot of players. I don't think he just gives that kind of respect and that kind of ability to just any. And back to injuries in Montreal, of course, Raphael Harvey Pinard is out for two months now. And that's interesting because that's going to be one of those injuries that when he comes back from it, I'm curious to see if he still has a roster spot. And I don't mean because somebody just won't give him one. He may lose it to somebody who takes that opportunity and runs. I hope not, but he definitely has not been the player everybody expected to see who was on pace for a 34-goal season last year. He has not been that player this year. He's just looked out of place. So that concerns me about his long-term future in Montreal after his injury. And Lavelle apparently is not immune to the injury situation, just like Montreal has. They have now lost not only Emil Heinemann, but also Leas Anderson long-term due to injuries as well. Regarding injuries in Montreal, fortunately, at least the Montreal Canadiens got good news about Arbor Jackeye's injury, and that is minor. For a couple of games that everybody's thinking, oh my God, are we going to lose him again for the rest of this season due to shoulder surgery on opposite shoulder? That would have been horrific. But it does speak to the health of Arbor Jack guy, I think he needs to do some type of regimen that will strengthen his shoulders because it's not good to have chronic shoulder issues or have shoulder injuries turn into a chronic situation. I'm hoping to really see him play a solid decade or more in Montreal as team's prominent physical player. Well, let's rehash a couple of fun stories from this past off season that now apply to this part of the regular season. I want to know how many people are happy and just go, man, we dodged a bullet there. Holy crap. And did not land Pierre-Luc Dubois, who apparently is once again Mr. Inconsistent, Mr. It's All About Me. Ah, if I'm interested in the game, I'll play to my ability. And apparently he's having quite the consistency issue and getting hammered by the media in California. And I hope he continues to get hammered because he has not lived up to or even remotely earned that new $68 million contract that he signed this offseason. And I am so glad that Montreal is not on the hook for that. I know everybody, it's like, oh, we got to have him. We got to have him. He'd be great in Montreal. He sucks. I mean, plain and simple, he sucks. He's not that consistent. He may be a talented player. I mean, God knows he can play the game like I can't. And Pierre-Luc Dubois made it to the NHL and I didn't. And he was a top three draft choice. But that's about where it stops. Because his production on the ice has been very unimpressive. Very unimpressive. It was unimpressive in Columbus. It was inconsistent in Winnipeg. Although it was like, oh, he had a 28-30 and goal season. Yeah, for that kind of money, not really that much to talk about. 
and especially didn't even hit 70 points. Really not that much to talk about. And now in LA, on a very talented team. So playing with talent, playing with skilled players, playing for a winning organization should not be a problem for him now in Los Angeles. And apparently, he's not living up to his end of the deal. So I got no sympathy for the guy, but I am so glad he did not end up in Montreal because I saw that waste and wanted Montreal not to deal with that for years to come of like, oh, great. Now we got another enormous albatross contract that we got to get for a player who's basically dead weight on the team. Now with that, we're going to switch gears and talk about a really useful member on the Montreal Canadiens that apparently a lot of people want to see signed to a new longer term contract, which I'm still not a fan of. Look, I'm the first one to admit I love Sean Monaghan. His veteran presence has been a tremendous help both in the locker room and on the ice. No question about it. There's no question about him being a direct assistance and help to Nick Suzuki. Kirby Doc, he allowed them to grow, took some of the pressure off him and things like that. But let's be really honest here. Yes, he had a very impressive 25 games to begin last season with. Yes, he's been very impressive this year. Yes, it's great that they got him to sign or that he was willing to sign more than anything else. A new $1.968 million contract, so under $2 million. That's great for the team. Very cap friendly. That being said, Montreal does not need to sign him. As harsh as this is going to sound, he's basically a trade chip. He's basically a placeholder for the tons of coming talent that Montreal has, which one would have to think the next talented center nearly ready to make the team has to be Owen Beck. So with that, you can't hold back those players. If those players are ready, then bring them up. Let Sean Monaghan continue his solid play for the team this year, increasing his trade value, and Ken Hughes can get yet another first-round pick besides the one that they haven't even used yet. They initially picked up Calgary to take on his previous 6.3 million per season and it sets Montreal up fantastic well but to sign him for a three to four year contract what if he gets injured again what if he starts having problems with the hips not saying he will but what if he does what if he has another type of injury Montreal doesn't need to be saddled with a ton of LTIR or cap preventative contracts and although he's still only 29 years old which seems relatively young in the big scheme of things he can't really be counted on as an 82 game contributor there's always that hesitation that what if everybody's like well it happens with every player yeah but he's got a history it happened and has happened more to him already and that is a concern for the montreal canadians management it has to be well that wraps up episode 77 of the hockey free-for-all podcast i am your host steven styles and once again have a fantastic week thanks again for tuning in